Welcome in. Episode 13 of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Dustin Blanton, along with my co-host, Travis Masterson. What's going on, Travis? Happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday. Last Sunday without real live action. It's the final fake Sunday of the year. A few more days between the Bucks and the Cowboys and... We're just kind of keeping it loose and easy here today, man. These are my favorite episodes, just to kind of be able to talk shop. Your real feelings come out. Exactly. You don't like to, to make things too structured, um, get to sound like a robot. This is kind of some of my favorite time. Yeah, we, we do a good amount of stat digging and pushing some numbers on you guys that, that listen consistently. Um, this is not one of those episodes. This is more of a, a fly by the seat of your pants. Uh, feelings on certain guys, thoughts on certain situations during Fantasy Sunday in general, and uh, we're going to have some tough, interesting calls for, for you guys to think about today. And that's what it's all about. Like you said, four days away, um, got the big game between Dallas and Tampa, a whole mess of fantasy-relevant players in that game. Oh, yeah. The excitement is real. The excitement is tangible. Living in Dallas, it's insane. You know what? That's that's an interesting aspect because having lived in Houston uh, the last few years and then moving to Austin recently, there was I mean yeah, there's like excitement because like football season's back, you know, but yeah. you don't get to really see like it's like that false hope of man we can maybe we can win a playoff game or something, but yeah, yeah you said that in Dallas though you get you know a lot of excitement and you know. Every year is their year. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know. It, yeah. It seemed like all off season, like throughout the summer, there was a little bit of hesitancy and then hard knocks comes out. Jersey sales start going up. The city's buzzing a little bit. And now all the hesitancy is gone. People are saying, Oh, it's our year. We're back. Like you just see it everywhere. And I know like this is my, my second year in Dallas, but I wasn't really paying attention too much to the Cowboys last year, but it's very obvious that people are drunk on cowboy excitement right now. It's fun to see. It is fun. I love it. Being a Bears fan, I was hoping that we would get hard knocks possibly. You know, I, I'm not exactly sure what the rules are to get hard knocks. I don't think you can make the playoffs and then still be on hard knocks the next year. But Cowboys, I got if there's one thing I admire about the fan base, it's that there's always this consistent level of being naive thinking this is our year we've got Z. delusion that's all we need you know we got Dak <laughs> you know it's like yeah exactly that's They're a good way to put it because yeah like we could definitely <laughs> win our division it's like the per the team that won the division last year was sub 500 you better like, calm down like yeah. awesome like I'm, I'm happy for them and if there's any team that could play without a defense it's the Dallas Cowboys hopefully they're improved I think Dan Quinn's going to turn that around a little bit I really, I, I think he's an awesome defensive coach. I think the respect level for him as a coordinator was so high. And then when he took the Atlanta job, it didn't work out. And so people are like, uh, I don't know. But if he's just doing the defense, sure. I think he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it can't be much worse, right? Um, there's just, yeah. Week one is my favorite time. And I'll tell you why. It's because you have all these storylines. That's all we have time for in the offseason. It's digging so deep into, into to guys and their surrounding the context. And especially if you surround yourself with all the, the Twitterverse and everything like that, you're constantly entrenched in it. You, you start hearing the same narratives and you start hearing the same stories. And then 
It's like uh, it's like when you drop a, a bit of fish food into a fish tank and all the the fish kind of swarm to it. Uh, once a new a new stat is brought to light or a new uh, yep. new bit of information is un unveiled for uh, a player that we weren't really high on or maybe we were too high on or too low on everyone flocks to that and then it's like oh well it's just interesting to see like the ripple effects yeah um but it's also fun to see when we get to this week one and then we get to immediately see oh okay that storyline was bull oh wow no i remember hearing about this storyline that was forgotten three months ago they are gonna use you know Kadarius Tony in a lot more ways, or it's it's just going to be something. Yeah, the overreaction is real for sure. That's kind of my favorite part of fantasy is being able to spin narratives because it's not. Look, I don't like leagues that are just strictly like this guy only has or this guy didn't you know score as many points last week, um, so he has no value. Like half of the the battle, half of winning your league is being able to spin those narratives. And being able to convince your league mates that no, this guy does still have value because I, Travis, correct me if I'm wrong, but like some of the most advantageous trade strategies that I've employed and used are when I'm uh, negotiating with someone who can't argue back against the numbers that I can find. Yeah, you know, like if I can tell someone like, no, this is the number one wide receiver. He's seeing this many targets. You know, they're in the red zone this many times. I think that's going to be a good episode is to to discuss and really analyze um, the art of the trade. What all really goes into it? What are you trying to do? How do you accomplish it? We'll talk about that in each episode. Um, Once we introduce our segments and stuff for you guys uh, on Tuesday, you'll start to see when we're going to be talking about the who to acquire, who to trade away type stuff. But how you do it is key. You can tell somebody, oh, you should go get this guy. And then their follow-up question is, how do I do it? Well, they need answers to that. That's why people listen. That's why they ask those questions. So it'll be fun to do that. Absolutely. Something to keep track of is something that me and Travis call uh, the trade ladder. That that's it's a, it's a way of thinking, kind of looking into how you get from point A to point B. It's something that I think we'll cover um, once we get into, into season and trade time kind of becomes more prevalent. For sure. Something that we've kind of written down, normally we kind of structure the show, you know, point A, point B. It's always evolving. But some things that you find yourself in during the fantasy season encountering or different scenarios, you always forget about them once the season starts. You know, excitement, blah, blah, blah. But then the week starts, and then you're in the context of your matchup and you need certain things to happen You've got some interesting scenarios that you brought up that happen, I think, every single year. You know, I've got a running back. I need X amount of points from him this week. You know, he's got this second-string wide receiver. He only needs three catches for 40-some-odd yards. Like, you you go through the scenarios in your head, and you tell yourself what you need to happen. And if it's cool with you, I'd like to bring up the first one because this one happens all the time. <laughs> um, Let's do it. I remember a few years ago uh, when Josh Jacobs was a rookie, um, they were playing in a Monday night game, and I, I just needed a touchdown from him. And they, the Raiders got stuffed um, a few times on the goal line, and I never got those touchdowns. Uh, you brought up which is more painful, your opponent's running back punching it in to beat you in the fourth quarter of Monday night game, so the last game of the week, or you're running back getting stuffed at the one multiple times 
and you lose by less than that touchdown value. Ouch. Um, that will ruin your week. If you play fantasy long enough, you're going to have so many of these scenarios. Some, so many of these scenarios are like, I cannot believe that this this likely thing didn't happen. And to You're me, screaming at the TV, reach the ball out, reach right, exactly. it out. To me, it's to, <laughs> come on. To me, it's definitely getting stuffed multiple times because, like, on first down, you know, you they run it, they get stopped. You're like, okay, we've got it's okay. We've got three more attempts. Okay. Then they run on second down, get stuffed, and maybe they get they move the ball back a little bit, and then you're like, okay, they're not gonna stop them three times. You're you're just waiting for that offensive line to get that push, and then Benny Snell last year, yeah, over and over, and, and then over you go again. like oh. a guy that just can't find the hole in that dang offense, and then just can't can't punch it through, and then third down goes by and gets stuffed, and now you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna win this. Like you just need this one touchdown to win the week. Yeah, um, I think there's another a, a second layer to that is it hurts you not only in that moment, but as the game goes on, now the coaching staff is not as confident in handing it to him. Maybe they bring in somebody else. Maybe they have a, a they go to a slant or something, a quick hitter. Yeah. It's not the same confidence yeah. level. Whereas if he punched it in, they come down again. They're thinking. Oh, that worked. We're going to do it again. Even if, if he's that guy, for whatever reason, it's not working, they don't go back to him. It's a trickle-down effect. You can see it happening every weekend, and you don't want to be on right. that side of it. Whereas if your opponent's running back punches it in on Monday night, he's doing his job. I'm, I'm not mad or disappointed as much in somebody, a running back getting a touchdown that is supposed to do that. When my guy lets me down, it's personal. It hurts. Right. You stay up a little bit later and... and uh and bathe in that little disappointment. You know, kind of spinning off of this question, though, what scenario would you, like, does, 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 I'm sure this has happened to you. When, like, let's say you have Aaron Jones this year, okay, and Aaron Jones runs, like, catches a 40-yard pass or, like, a screen pass and takes it 40 yards within the five, okay? Okay. Instead of getting the touchdown, though, they bring in, like, A.J. Dillon, and he pounds it in, you know, from three yards out. Are you happy? Are you That's happy that exactly? So, are you happy that Aaron Jones, you know, at least got you that point? There, the points for that play, or are you kind of peeved that Dylan is now brought in and he gets the touchdown? Because to me, especially, at, you know, save for a big play, if Aaron Jones is in from like, you know, from twenty the their own twenty yard line and gets to be in for the entire drive, accumulates all those yards, but then, you know, maybe he accumulates four points and then. AJ Dillon gets it's to come so into the game and steal a touchdown. That's do you kind of find yourself tilting on on those kind of uh, scenarios? Does it make you think like, oh man, uh, Aaron Jones? Like really, like, I I got to get rid of Aaron Jones for someone who's guaranteed that. No, no. Do you think no. that's something that you ever encounter other no, people and, doing though? Uh, the side of that situation that I hate to see, but it happens every time, is. A.J. Dillon comes in, gets a touchdown. Maybe he does it twice in one game, and all of a sudden somebody's buying A.J. Dillon at a price that's outrageous because they see 15 or 16 points. They don't understand how he got there. They didn't watch the game. They right. just see the, the point total, right. and they overpay for somebody who is not going to do that. A lot of times Aaron Jones is just taking that to the house, or they leave him in. Or you, I'm not buying those guys that are just being brought in at the five. I want the guy that got you to the five. Yeah, and that's... I think that's a big point of the context, too. You just brought up, like, a lot of people don't watch the game, maybe, or that particular game, because there's so many, and they didn't see that 
Aaron Jones actually was in for most of the plays. Like you have to kind of dig into some other numbers. Um, yeah, you got to watch the games if you can. I guess so. Th- that whole context, though, that could be what we're looking at for this entire season for Chase Edmonds. Oh, absolutely. I, I think Connor's more than just a five-yard steal a touchdown guy. He's going to get plenty of touches all over the field. Not not passing sure. not passing work. Obviously, that's one of the things that Edmonds does amazingly. But Connor's a great value. I have him in in a couple leagues, and I genuinely believe not just because i'm a homer with him on my fantasy team but i they brought him there for a reason and drake had a very clear running role i think connor's gonna fill that yeah chase edmonds is definitely someone i'm super interested in this year because look we all i'm sure we've heard the narrative and if you haven't you know there's this big storyline that it was spun this offseason about chase edmonds has only had one goal line opportunity the last three years, you know? Um, yeah. And that doesn't, obviously that doesn't look good. Um, especially being a running back, especially being a running back on an Arizona Cardinals team with essentially a running back at quarterback. James Conner is intriguing, especially if he's used in that Kenyon Drake role. Kenyon Drake, obviously being frustrating last year, he would come in at inopportune times. You just, because if everyone remembers last year, the hype was Kenyon Drake is going to be the guy Chase Edmonds will take off some of the passing work, but Kenyon Drake is going to get all these touches, and they still tried to feed him the ball. The ball, but man, it was having him last year was it was just so grueling to watch because you wanted it to be this explosive offense, but this dude could not find an opening anywhere he went. It seemed like he was always getting stuffed. It was only two yards, and then yeah. he wasn't explosive in the passing game. So. I just it was it was hard to watch last year and again context matters um especially if he's going to be sniped. I I would prefer Connor though at his price. I think with the touchdown upside, I think I see Connor going 8 to 10 touchdowns. So that concept that we di- that we discussed, the backup to your starting running back coming in and vulturing a touchdown. Which is more painful for you, that happening or your kicker goes in or your kicker's in field goal range. The team's in field goal range. You're in a close game fantasy-wise. And the team decides to go for it, and they don't get it. I hate that. I mean, obviously, I hate getting vultured, but those running backs are drafted. They're on people's teams. Like Somebody's getting value out of that play. Whereas when you go for it on fourth and two or fourth and three, especially like in the first half, like you want them to be aggressive. Right, but there's also four or five points staring in the face that you're not going to get a chance at. That's that hurts. Yeah, kickers are frustrating, just because there's not really a way to look and see like, oh, this is a good matchup for a kicker. You know, you pretty much need the the team to be inefficient in the red zone and just moving the ball. Um, I we can get into kicker strategy on a, another episode, I'm sure. Uh. Oh, for sure. I can't <laughs> there's, wait. There's some more kicker but to come on this show. In terms of what you asked, I mean, yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> you, re- I mean, again, predictability aside. Which is more painful for you? I would say since I, you know, judging the previous scenario with this kicker scenario, I would say the previous scenario with, with the running backs just because, like, I would be looking at a touchdown. Now, if it's like a 50-yard field goal and they decide to go for two and don't get it, then, yeah, then I'm upset because – that's a touchdown. That's huge. 
that essentially that yeah that's the only like one of the very few times like you only get a handful of those each each year um from your kicker and that that's five points you know in a lot of leagues for a 50 plus yard field goal that's that's huge yeah uh so yeah um i could see it being very upsetting again kickers just frustrated me i don't think i'd be more upset yeah uh but the running back i'd be like oh my gosh i expect this dude to produce yeah absolutely and he doesn't when you think of the vulture running backs who's on your vulture all-star list just give me one or two guys when you think that guy always took touchdowns for me who is it like all time like just in your Uh, fantasy career like who's somebody that did that to you a lot i mean melvin gordon and austin eckler were kind of always annoying um productive but annoying, especially when, like, you – Melvin Gordon during the prime of his career would have been an absolute world-breaker, I believe, especially in those years where he was, like, the, his most efficient or, you, you know, getting the most volume. Um, you know, he'd still lose touches in that five-yard area to Austin Eckler, and it was always so frustrating. So, yeah, that, that was upsetting. Um, yeah. Michael Bush used to do that to Matt Forte all the time. That yeah, that happened a lot. And I know that you, as a Bears fan, you saw it. You're cheering for it because sure. as your home team, it doesn't I matter. But about Michael Bush. as a Matt Forte owner, it was. I would yell to my wife. Guess what? Michael Bush touchdown, and she knew. Don't talk to me for the next ten minutes. I I could not stand that, and it was so consistent every time they got in there. The the Kansas City Chiefs when they had like uh, Niall Dave, Niles Davis and. Um, is that his name? Niles Davis. I'll have to look yeah. it up. Niles. Yeah, um, and then they had like, uh, like Charles, um, at the end of his career, like you were expecting Jamal Charles to just well, kind of Charkandrick West. Yeah. Charkandrick West. Yeah. Just pounding <laughs> it in. Like, yeah, absolutely getting sniped. Like, um, goodness. Yeah. There, there's, there's been a few teams. Uh, yeah. So I don't necessarily have one. I like to forget about a lot of those guys. Like they, they hurt That's me. That's true physically like it's very frustrating you can really Um, feel it like in your chest when those guys come in it's just anger sure i mean like guys disappointment i don't know like legarrett blunt you know yeah he's he's notorious any any patriots running back like rex burkhead you know like guys you could never start (laughs) yeah like like, for whatever reason he was getting goal line carries it's like okay they score twice and you you put him in next week and then somebody else gets both touchdowns yeah like Naeem Hines getting like vulturing a touchdown like it's just like little stuff like that like guys that should We just be- don't need that. We no. work too hard all week to make the right call for yeah. that BS. I have happen. a feeling you're going to see a lot of that though this year with Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. Like Oh, really? I do. I just That's interesting. I have uh Jonathan Taylor written down on the show sheet for uh a guy I wish I had more of. We can go ahead and and transition that way if we want to. Got y'all. There's plenty of guys I wish I had more of. I mean, especially just having so many breakout type running backs. I mean, running back I yeah. believe is deep this year. Um, probably runs about 15 deep. You know it. Okay, let me ask you a pain question real quick. Okay. Before before we get into uh, guys who wish we had more of, because I'm curious. We've done a lot of drafts together. We both kind of draft our guys. Right. And and whether that's reaching or waiting. We've been a, we've been able to do that pretty consistently. I know who you're going to take and what round. You know who right. I'm going to take. Right. Our teams are built pretty similar um, across the board. But one last, which is more painful? This is a funny one. Uh, your wide receiver drops a wide open touchdown. Both hands over the shoulder or 
cross, you know, running a slant, back of the end zone, whatever it is. Yeah. It's not like somebody tips it. It's just him and he drops it. Mm-hmm. Or you dropping your entire plate of food on the way to the living room or couch, wherever you're going to watch the game, as the ball is getting kicked off at noon. I mean, not like something slides off your plate. You, The plate is empty now. Just gone. And it was full. Ugh. Man. I almost... Which is more painful. <laughs> yeah. I, I, would be, I would be frustrated with the food, but at least then I could... You know, hopefully pick it up and go get some more. Like, yeah, it's it's temporary. But like with the, especially missing a touchdown. Touchdowns are so fleeting anyway. Yeah. Like seeing like, man, if he would have just caught that pass, I would have won my week. You know, it's stuff like that. What if your what if your chair is like or your couch is like white linen and you've got like ketchup and barbecue sauce or what or wings or whatever you're eating during the game. I mean, other than the and that goes it like. I mean, is that is that enough of a problem to sacrifice one wide open touchdown? I'd have to ask myself why I have white linen furniture. But <laughs> yeah, if in this weird universe where I have white linen furniture, then sure, that I'm probably very upset because like football. You're okay food, with like, the drop? Maybe get, maybe he gets it later in the game. Yeah, like okay, that's fine. Don't get a touchdown. Like get some more yards, but. I just ruined my white linen couch. Like the the 80 year old woman that I'm dating is never going to forgive me. Take a Tide pin to the whole thing. Right. Oh yeah. Become a Rembrandt with a Tide pin. The rest of Sunday games, you're just on your hands and knees with a Tide pin in the rack. Goodness. (laughs) What a world to live in. (laughs) Yeah. Man. I can't wait to to, uh, show you a picture of my chairs and couch. Are they, are you have white linen? They're pretty light. Oh, They're pretty goodness. light. Oh, you're yeah. a brave man. Like, you got to wrap that thing I know in plastic it. when you have people over. No dog, no kids yet, so I know that that's going to be changing soon. Huh, no, keep it keep it yourself. I'm it's got good. some red wine on it. There's been a couple couple drops. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's what they make OxyClean for, okay? I, I didn't suffer through all those commercials late at night during my childhood to not have a benefit. There you go. Who's a quarterback that you wish you had more of that you don't have? Or that you have one or two shares of that you wish you could have had a lot more leagues. I wish I had more Justin Herbert. Um, Me too. I wish I had more Herbert. Um, you know, I find myself intrigued. I, I never played around enough with Ryan Tannehill um, because somebody just, got stupid value for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, in our in our and home pretty league. much every pretty much every home league, he went. That guy round. went so late. It's like why? I. Uh, Look, home but everybody are, already has one. Home leagues are a weird concoction in, inherently just because, you know, different experience levels. And especially if, like, a perfect. Ours got a lot happen. better. Yeah, that was a uh, quick, quick recap of that draft. Um, you and I kind of like, you know, a lot of the time it's like, okay, we know this guy will fall. Or there's going to be someone who reaches a ton. And, like, the you know, a guy we normally get in the sixth round is there in the eighth or ninth. That didn't happen this yeah. year. Everyone yeah. was taking And we, we talked a lot about having your group of guys or having a plan B ready for anything to happen. This was beyond that. It's, yeah, you were getting was, sniped from me on the front I, end and another buddy on the back end. I was all the guys that you wanted. Four times Michael Thomas was taken from me. Uh, Claypool. Gee, yeah, Claypool was taken from me. I mean, geez. I got Mooney right before you. You got Mooney right before me. A uh, lot of guys that were your your favorite guys all the first twelve episodes. I was I was gonna take Kelsey in the first round and be bold, and then you went and took Kelsey, 
It was yep. just a rough draft all around. I don't hate my team. I think there's definitely some upside, but you kept your head, just, but your uh, your demeanor flipped pretty quick. From I was all right. Upset. Let's kick this thing off. To all right. Don't talk to me. I've got to make yeah, this work just, here. I, I have to. Yeah, I've got to call some people. I have to look into some things. More beer, uh, please. Check some of these dudes' credit scores before they jump on my team. <laughs> what about yeah. my my quarterback is Russell Wilson. I have oh, zero shares of Russell Wilson. I had. I've I don't think I've Russell ever had Wilson. him. Yeah, I've never. I've had never him. had him either. He you has know, been a personal kryptonite my entire fantasy career. I feel like he'll have an 18 to 22 point game the week before and an 18 yeah. to 22 point game the week after me. But he yeah. knows when he's playing me, it's 30 to 35 points. The dude who I'm playing against also happens to always have Lockett at the same time. He's a he is a Travis killer. Yeah, Russell Wilson is someone that I just either his value just hasn't been there or I, I always have to ask myself, like, is he the same as these other quarterbacks going around this time? You know, I know we're kind of getting out of draft season, but he is, he is though. Is he though? I mean, last year, he always finishes right like, there. You know, the finishes can be deceiving though. Like we talked about, like looking at the games, though, yeah, like he, could, he had a killer first half. And then I don't know if that team just decided they were done with football in the second half or what happened, but I'm, super interested in seeing what this offense has to do to to get over the hump this year because I don't think that defense is going to be improved I think they're still going to have to throw a bunch to to keep up in games especially in the NFC West with uh, three top-notch offenses in my opinion uh you know obviously the Rams going to be big Arizona going to be big um 49ers are going to be healthy at least to start the season and then you know, remains to be seen with Trey Lance, but that offense, man, I, I don't, I don't know those, the Seahawks could very well find themselves in last place in that division. And it would not shock me in the least. I think they have the least proven defense. Um, and that's saying something when Arizona struggled last year as well. I hate rooting for them. I, I don't know why I can't stand rooting for the Seahawks. It's the Legion. If of it's Boom just a resume, neutral, man. It's, it really is like if it's and it's not a respect thing like with Kobe Bryant type players like you or like or Brady if they're not on your team and they're always giving your team buckets right. every time you know they're going to kill you right it's like okay well that's greatness and I can appreciate it even though I know I hate playing against them right it's not that with the Seahawks like if they're in a playing in a neutral game I'm like I hope they lose you know what that is that's a <laughs> that's, it's messed up I, to me it is I, I've always been able to attribute it to there there have been some game you know what it's funny Look, before I get into what my explanation was I think about that like even when I was barely into football watching the Steelers and the Seahawks play in the Super Bowl I just I had no reason for wanting the suit or the Seahawks to lose I just wanted them to lose like, yeah I don't know what it is especially when like the Legion of Boom happened and you know the Seahawks were just you know a, a quote-unquote dynasty I just I wanted them to lose and I think everyone might have a team that they just for whatever reason un, you know subconsciously root for them to lose yeah and that you know the Seahawks Seahawks have been mine for a while um I I, I don't know why either it's it's weird I think I want to I want to dive more into that but I always I, I wonder too like if I were to go with Russell Wilson one time could we build a relationship would he apologize right um could we repair things in a way that now I could be somewhat of a Seahawks fan or at least not hate them or 
him in general, but I can't draft him because I don't want to root for him on Sundays. So this is just a never-ending cycle with me every year until he retires. Yeah, I, he'd have to be an extreme value. Unfortunately, this is just where we find yeah. ourselves. I'm really upset that he has a monster receiver in DK Metcalf because my one – when Doug Baldwin started to fall off, I was like, okay, he's losing his receiver. Russell Wilson's about to fall yeah. off, and then he gets – Upgrade. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's not human. Do you have any DK? No. Uh, man, funny thing. So he was one that I that I that I had last year that I put on the list too. Funny story that I wish that I had, but not for any particular about reason. About DK Metcalf, I made the terrible mistake. It was my first foray into dynasty football or dynasty, you know, fantasy football, and the 20, 2019 class came about, and I had Nikhil Harry over DK Metcalf, and I took Nikhil Harry over DK Metcalf. And I've regretted ever since. Ouch! Because it was it was <laughs> I was either going to choose Nikhil Harry. Um, I had Nikhil Harry and AJ Brown, and I could have paired AJ Brown with DK Metcalf, and I still haven't forgiven myself. Oh my gosh! Um, it's it's been a bumpy ride. And, That's tough. Oh, goodness, yeah, it's it's still hard to. It, you, you're gonna you're gonna have bumps and bruises. You're gonna you're gonna learn some things. Yeah. Who is the receiver that you wish you had more of this year? Um, Who comes to mind? I always want more aj brown in seasonal leagues um he just always is at that turn and i never find myself in a position to either want to draft him or feel good enough about roster construction at that point to get him um i feel like he's dropped in value um this year he has yeah because julio jones is now there which i i think it just helps him he's going to be more efficient um it's been a confidence thing a lot of people myself included i I just don't feel so confident. Maybe it's another guy that I haven't had in the past, so I don't have like a, a history or relationship think, with him do doing good couple, things for me. Do you think a couple big games from Julio maybe start to approach trade value for A.J. Oh, Brown? Oh, yeah. yeah you know, go like get a, him. A.J. Brown gets maybe 60 yards, you know, eight receptions for 60-some-odd yards, and, you know, Julio Jones gets two touchdowns. You know, and AJ Brown. That's the time to pounce. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, well. He's awesome. a freak. Yeah. He, the guy, look, I don't know if we just all. You always to, call him a tank. He really is a tank. He is a tank because I don't know any other guys that could literally, like, it, other than, like, juke people out, you know, within the five yards from the line of scrimmage on a slant route. He doesn't have yeah. to juke them out. He can just run through them. He's like a, yeah. he's like a wide receiver, Derrick Henry. Like, he's I remember not, getting texts from you during the, during the season last year when he would do that, and you're like, Grown man, grown man. You I'm know, like, okay, okay, I get it. Have mercy. You know, uh, I always called uh, Hunter uh, Hunter Henry. I always called Derrick Henry hungry, hungry Henry. I always like AJ Brown's getting into that like angry AJ. Like, you throw him a slant route and then just get out of the way because that's. I don't. We have to write these things down like after each season, like things to remember. Like AJ Brown will get his like. He's one of those guys you don't have to, oh, man, will he get enough targets? He already doesn't get enough targets, but he's done what he's done. You know, he doesn't need yep. 150 targets. He's only seen roughly 100 targets each of his seasons. Like, the guy's going to produce. Um, so, I, no, uh, I wish I had more. I don't have any shares of AJ either. I wish I had more. Who? What about you? What's one guy you wish you had more of? I've been hyping up. No, well, not hyping up, but just agreeing with the hype, really, of the Rams all off season since the first episode i've said matthew stafford is a dark horse mvp favorite for me i don't have a cooper cup or robert woods i have woods in one but i don't have cup anywhere and i think 
I genuinely think in a PPR league, Cup has a chance, a, a strong chance to go to approach that top eight to 10. If he has the season that I think he can have, and Stafford is who we know he is, Cooper, there's no reason to think that Cooper Cup can't be a top eight to 10 PPR receiver. Oh, yeah, um, I don't think that's really an argument. I, I, I'm going to change that. We, I still have three drafts left. I'm going to leave one of them with Cooper Cup, even if it's a little bit of a reach over an Amari Cooper type, just because I want a piece you of know, it. I really I think, do. I think we differ on Matt Stafford being able to be an MVP. I've been going back and forth on that, but I definitely agree with Cooper Cup being that type of receiver. We've seen it from him when he was with just Jared yeah. Goff, and not even to disparage Jared, Jared Goff, production is just kind of touchdown production last year you know fell way off going from like 10 touchdowns down to three touchdowns for for cooper cup that offense was not the same offense that it has been i think that is going to be the outlier year for sean mcveigh offense look matt stafford no doubt is a better quarterback than jared goff but by a lot yeah i i would say that is a fair amount that he is a much better quarterback than Jared Goff and Cooper Cup. Look, if you want to put apples to apples, you know it. You know it's white and black, whatever. Uh, Cooper Cup is going to produce more than he had last year, and it, if anything, more concepts are going to be unlocked in that offense that you could not perform or execute with Jared Goff. That is what excites me. That is something that I think is under discussed uh, this off season. And Cooper Cup, like you said, I think he is, especially in PPR, goodness. He, uh, he genuinely could get in that top 8 to 10. He could have that kind of year. It wouldn't shock me to have him see. Because the touchdowns are there. They, they have no problem throwing it to Cup and Woods sure. well, in do the you red remember, zone. Do you remember that year, a couple years ago, the year that they went to the Super Bowl, where Jared Goff hyper-targeted yeah. Cooper Cup? Uh, and, and with Akers out, I think that helps that, too. All it takes is Cooper Cup to be the red zone favorite for Matt Stafford, and then he jumps, he skyrockets again. Yeah, you um, could see a twelve to fifteen touchdown season with a thirteen to fourteen hundred yards. It's very possible. Yeah, and same thing with Robert Woods. Robert Woods again, always kind of quiet um, on that offense, but he'll be solid again too. If you take a swing on another wide receiver in your draft. Robert Woods is safe as your wide receiver too. If you if you want to yeah. reach for a guy like AJ Brown, you're not sure if he's going to produce this year. Or Julio Jones is a great example. If you want to reach for Julio Jones and you're like, okay, that was a bit of a reach. Maybe I need to take you know find a a safe player. And you have guys like Tyler Lockett and DJ Moore available. Maybe you pick a Robert Woods because you know what he has been consistent. And there's something to be said for that. He's not again. We've beat this drum all off season. He's not a sexy name, but he is a safe player. And you do need those guys, especially with those high value picks early in yep. your draft. What about a, what about a tight end that you don't have? I don't have any Kittle. He's one of my favorite players. I remember tweeting last year, George Kittle's my favorite player in the NFL. Um, the way he plays the, the joy that he plays with and the physicality, yeah. like that combo, when you get to see him mic'd up or they do a special on him, is so unique it's hard to find a, a combo like that and every time you do see that it's a great player it's a generational type type athlete a tight end that i i want i want Kittle, but i don't i i'm not able to get him because i'm either going kelsey or waller or i'm punting the position right. 
totally and getting uh, a CEH type player at the the area where Kittle's going. I just, it just hasn't worked out yet. Yeah, Kittle's he, I, I had him to his breakout year and it felt really good. I mean, he wrote he brought me to the championship. Uh, so got nothing but love for Kittle. He's you fun, know, man. He's he has so much fun. Someone that I think isn't being talked about enough. Um, and you know what? I'm willing to. It's not necessarily a hill I'm going to die on, but I'm willing to be wrong on because Robert Tunyon, I don't have any of him right now. And being a former Big wide mistake. receiver, watching him play, the dude just he pops when when he catches the ball. He's fast and. He has such a good feel too. Like he just knows where to He's go. He's an Aaron Rodgers guy. He he is someone that Aaron Rodgers yeah. trusts. And look, I with every fiber of my being hate the Packers. But Robert Tunyon is a very <laughs> intriguing tight end that you can get later. There's been tons of conversation. Look, if you want to look up all the conversation that's being had about Robert Tunyon, go on. You know, look on Twitter. Google Robert Tunyon. Click on the news tab in Google. Read all about him. Fun dude. Go back and watch his film and highlights from last year. Look, he hasn't had a bunch of target volume because last year was the first year he really had a prominent role. I think that grows, man. I I think it's even more likely yeah. this year that he gets close to that 80 target mark. That's not asking a bunch from your possible third receiving option. Look, who's going to be the number two? Is it going to be Randall Cobb? Is it going to be Lazard? It's going to change every week, I think. It's going to change every week, but I think... He's the two. I, I do think he has a possibility, even on a you know week-to-week basis, going from the two to three option, you know, in that kind of an offense where, you know what, he could still see uh, that high touchdown rate. Aaron Rodgers does like the tight end. That, that could happen, and it's not... It's not you know, far fetched to say that he could have a top. I'll even say he could be a top five tight end. You know, you mean again? Yeah, again, exactly. Yeah, because he was last year. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, I, he has a bigger. I think he has a bigger role, more catches. I think the t- touchdown total will be tough to match, but I think he gets really close to it. That offense isn't going to get any worse. There'll be regression statistically, sure from the absurd amount of passing touchdowns, but right. not to the point. I think Vegas still has him at like 42. So yeah, there's a lot to go around. He can Aaron definitely Rogers. get 10 of those. No one can stop Devonte Adams. Like what? Nothing has changed. Like they have Randall yeah. Cobb now. I'm not as They'll pick up right Randall where Cobb. they left off. Yeah. It, it'll be fine. You got three drafts. You got two or three left, right? Or you just have one. Oh yeah. Oh, I've got four left. That's tomorrow night. I think be interested in, I've got I've got a Megalobull draft. Um, Get you some Robert Tunyon, man. You got yeah, a chance. Draft, you got, I got, you got opportunities to, to get him. So I have another home league that I'm in with you um, tomorrow. Um, that's going to yeah. be after my Megalobull draft. I think I'm going to make some – I'm going to – because in a big tournament like that, you have to kind of call your shot, and you have to hit on it. You know, to win the whole thing, you have to take some risks. Um, so yeah, I think I am going to, I don't think I'm going to go quarterback early. I think I am going to, you know, you know, hopefully do like a firecracker method where you just kind of light the wick with the safe quarterback and then wait for your super mobile Trey Lance type of guy to pop, um, you know, down the road. So, uh, that's something that I might look to do. 
but yeah, it's those types of drafts. Especially what I like though is that it's on Sleeper, and Sleeper is the platform that I have most experience drafting, and I'm most comfortable with where the guys' ADPs are. You know, how many times have me and you done a sleeper draft where it's just, you know, bang, 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 we can knock out an entire 15-round draft in, you know, you know 15 minutes because yeah. we know exactly where our guys are, who we, you know, if, if you take this guy, you know, around before I think he's going to go, I know exactly who I'm taking the next pick. So I think that's in my favor. It's definitely where I feel comfortable. And it's honestly a big it's reason It's not too why, late, though, um, because stuff changes. I suggest mocking. You know, we're kind of past the point where people are mock drafting now. Um, obviously, you know, it's never too late. It's never too late. Um, you know, as Justin Timberlake would say. But here, four days out from the season, I I definitely think look, if you got some free time and you have, you know, your drafts coming up in the, yep. in the you know later part of the day or whatever and you can still throw a mock in there, it's only going to help you, um, especially on Sleeper. I mean, first of all... It's just getting started, too. I'm so I'm so glad that we've made the connections we've made on social media, people giving us shout-outs, and, you know, we just had someone... Um, yeah, someone was talking to us the other day um, about, you know, they saw we did a mock draft, like, oh, I had never considered doing a mock draft episode. Like, let me shout you out on my, on my podcast. We're very grateful. Thank you for that. Um, it's so awesome though, seeing this community expand. Um, what about, you know what, something that we, that I haven't talked to you about, uh, do you play any DFS? I always say that I'm not going to, because I've got enough going on with the regular leagues. And then, uh, the Sunday night game comes around. Monday night games. I like to do those. Yeah. So this is the first season that me and my girlfriend will be together through football season. And so we're already starting to have to, you know, make some compromises. Like on Sunday, you know, during the first slate of games, I had to tell her like, all right, this is, these are the games I'd most prefer to watch. You know, I negotiated and I'm going to be watching the bears game that night. Um, but I'll be checking in, you know, cause we're going to be going, we do uh, climbing, like indoor rock climbing, like super great workout. Look, if you're in a place where you can get to a rock gym, like so much fun, full body workout. You really you burn calories, work up a sweat. Uh, awesome, awesome time. But she kind of told me, she's like, well, I want to climb Sunday. What games do you have to watch? And then no one had really ever asked me the question, like, what games do I have to watch? Because like I wasn't in a position to be able to say all of them. Like I need to, I need to watch all of them. So like Travis, I'm just gonna have to like I'm literally gonna be up on this wall trying to check my watch, trying to see like okay who scored, who scored. Like, <laughs> all, like what your other arms gonna get real strong? Right? Like yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come to next year's draft with just this huge right arm. <laughs> They're not gonna think it's because you couldn't watch games. Well, I don't know what else it could be from, so um, <laughs> they're just gonna have. To- All right, let's wrap this up here. Yeah, man, that this is this has been fun. I like I like the I like the non structured conversational flow that we had for this episode. A lot of fun. Um, look forward to people's feedback. You know, if this is something more people want to hear about uh, as we go through the season, um, definitely hit us up. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at Losing Sucks.